This is Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors, exclusively on the Bun 2.0, KBUN-FM 104.5. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors is sponsored by DS Beverages, your Anheuser-Busch distributor in the true north, and by Bonded Lock and Key. Uh, it's always fun to check in with Chuck Hazzy over in the Leech Lake area. He's with uh, Leisure Outdoor Adventures. And uh, I tell you what, Chuck, uh, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I am a total wuss when it comes to fishing. I, I prefer 68 degrees and sunny and uh, maybe one or two fish to a 30-fish day when it's 20 and the wind's blowing at 40. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I would agree with, with that statement. Uh, it feels a little more like... Uh, like hunting weather than it does fishing weather, but uh, we've been doing a little bit of both in the last last few weeks here. We we get some some days where it's pretty brutally cold, and uh, we just had a couple nice days over the weekend where it wasn't too bad, but uh, it seems to just keep going back and forth. Yeah, it's just uh, you get a day or two, and then uh, all of a sudden it's just a nice stretch of nastiness again. Uh, typically, the the nasty fall weather does mean a pretty good fishing bite, though. It does. We've we've had a really good bite here on on Leech Lake. The basically the whole month of October so far. Um, we're getting to that point now. After after the last couple of days of wind and cold, where the water temps have dropped to forty five. So, I think things are going to get uh, start to get a little bit tougher um, when when those water temps get into the low forties or or mid forties. You almost have to fish them as you would. Um, during the winter time out here and that's the first couple hours of the morning and the last couple hours in the evening um in the middle of the day can be can be a little tough but uh you know it's uh it's it's that time of year where you put on an extra layer and uh just enjoy being outside before we um enter that thing they call winter <laughs> and you know even today uh, you were out there you had you had a bunch of guys uh, that you were working with so um there's still people coming up wanting to find fish there is, yeah, and I mean, there's there's so many options here. Um, the the particular group that we had today, um, they came up to hunt and fish. So um, about half the guys wanted to fish and half the guys wanted to hunt. So they did a little little diver shooting out uh, on Leech Lake and in in the area. And uh, I took a, a couple guys who um, were kind of from the central part of the of the u.s so they're used to a little bit warmer weather but uh we toughed it out most of the day today so where are you finding the fish right now they're shallow um we've been you know basically right now we're fishing any windblown structure um most of the bait after all this wind is is pushed up tight to the shoreline um and of course the fish aren't far from the bait and that goes for any time of year um, but with the bait being up so shallow, uh, that's that's where we're finding the fish too. It's it's not uncommon right now to catch fish out of three four feet of water. Wow! What are you throwing at them? Jigging a minnow for the most part. Um, I had been catching fish on on night crawlers still all the way up until oh close to the end of last week, and now in the last four or five days we've lost quite a bit of that water temp. So it's it's jigging a minnow time, and it doesn't have to be jigging a minnow. It can be can be a windy rig in a minnow. Um, we're fishing a lot of rock structures on the east and south side of the lake right now. So we're using eighth-ounce jigs and just trying to float them over top of the rocks, and that seems to be where the fish are. 
But how many days a week have you been getting out there? Um, I would say, you know, the last two, three weeks here, um, my schedule shows five, six days a week yet. I don't always, um, some people look at the weather forecast and don't always want to go out and uh, do it all day. So I would say on average, I'm still fishing three, four days a week. Okay. Now, typically fall is also the time where you can get some of the biggest walleye of the year. Are we seeing that this fall? Yeah, it's it's been a great bite for for bigger fish, um, and that's going all the way back uh, to when we had that uh, MWC, the uh, Cabela's, Cabela's uh, Masters Walleye Circuit here tournament, the end of September, and since about that time, the uh, the chance to catch a, a trophy fish, I I don't I can't remember a fall where I mean legit. Every time we went out, you had a, a real good chance of catching a, a, a trophy-sized fish. And I, I consider anything on Leech Lake 27 plus, 27 inches plus a, a trophy-sized fish. There's not um, a lot of 30, 30 plus inch fish in the in the Leech Lake system, um, but lots of 27s, 28s, and they are fat right now. They are. They're putting on the feed bag before winter. They're trying to, um, you know, gain gain any any kind of fat they can, and and there's only one way to do that, and that's that's by eating multiple times a day. The the one really exciting thing I think about fall fishing, maybe a little bit at the opener after the winter, but really fall fishing, as you say, putting on the feed bag, they start to act more like bass. In other words, they're they're far more aggressive than you're going to get them most of the year. You don't have to. Wait for that little that little nibble. They'll they'll be a little more aggressive. They, they you're you're right. They they are aggressive. They're they're you know in the summertime sometimes they can be a little noncommittal. Um, right now they're they're out there doing one thing and that's feeding. And they generally don't miss a minnow too too many times. And uh, you know with this colder water the fish really fight. Um, in in this colder water right now too. That's one thing we've noticed the last month is how much harder these fish fight when that water when that water starts cooling down right before freeze up is. It's they they you're right they do fight like bass a lot of times. All right, for those who do want to get out there and do that fall fishing, and you know I was I was whining about the weather. Uh, I'm a whiner, I admit it. Uh, but you know, let's say I want to do this. Um, what do you recommend? I mean, uh, what should I be wearing? How can I make this as comfortable and as an experience as I as I can? You're, you want to dress in layers. Um, I, today, I had uh, my winter ice suit on. I mean, I, I had um, two, three layers on a, a light jacket underneath my basically winter jacket, my ice bibs, um, a good pair of boots, and just. Mainly, what I tell everyone is we're going to try to stay dry. I I bait all the jigs. I, I try not to let people get their hands wet right now because if you get wet, it makes that cold. I mean, it, it bites a little bit harder. And it's if, if you get too cold right now, it's tough to recover. I mean, we're not reaching those 50, 60-degree temps in the middle of the day where if you can, you know, tough it through the first couple hours of the morning, you know, you're going to warm up in the afternoon. Right now, it's if you get cold, you know, your your day might be done. So, um, dress in layers, uh, waterproof stuff. I mean, it's to me, you can't put a price on good rain gear. 
um, you, you can't put a price on on good equipment and, and good clothes when you're fishing these kind of elements because as long as you stay dry, uh, for the most part, you can stay warm. The nice thing about modern technology is we don't have to be, you know, dressed up like the little kid from uh, A Christmas Story anymore to, to be warm. I do look like that from time to time, to be honest with you. Yeah, and then you get a little bit stiff, and you, you, you waddle out of the boat and waddle down the dock. But, uh, yeah, I mean, most of it's it's lighter weight. Um, you know, the material is just better now, which allows them to make it in a little lighter weight. I mean, you don't have three, four inches of, of fluff, you know, underneath a, a shell of, of a coat. It's, uh, you know, layering in the light layers seems, seems to work best. Now, have you, uh, have you tried the, those, um, those battery powered, uh, ones that can be turned on and heated up? I have not, but I did have a guy the other day, and it was it was brutal. Um, it was actually probably one of the most brutal brutal days of the fall. And uh, he'd reach in his pocket, and he would tell me he was at 120 right now. And and the next time he'd tell me he was going to turn it up to about 130, and then it was getting a little bit too warm. But man, those things they might be the way to go. I you know I've I've heard rave reviews from people that have them. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think <laughs> I think that would be the way to go, indeed. Yeah, uh, and and it just runs off a small little battery that that sits in your pocket. So yeah, to me, it's uh, I might I might have to invest in one of those. Okay. All right. I know you've been mainly on the wall. I see. What are you hearing from the musky guys? Um, musky guys are actually still finding fish. Um, you got a few of the fall trollers that are that are out in Walker Bay. Um, there, there have been some fish caught, um, up in Portage Bay, um, mainly still on the shorelines. Um, we've actually, I know of at least three fish, three muskies that have been caught in the last two weeks. Um, well, well guys were walleye fishing just, just on a jig and a minnow. And it, it's right now, I mean, like I said, a lot of that bait is, is pushed up on shore. And uh, so that's where, and it's not just walleyes, but that's where most of the fish in in the whole body are are relating to. And you know, it could be a muskie. You could catch a smallmouth bass right now. Um, the perch seem to be mixed in with the walleyes. So um, you never know what's 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 going to show up on the end of your line this time of year. That's that's a fact. So the <laughs> are the are there serious bass anglers out there still, or is it just something you're running into? There is. Um, I actually, last weekend, it was so nice, and, and with the MEA break, um, I did see quite a few bass boats out and about. Um, you know, a lot of times, places where I'm fishing, um, I'm not seeing a lot of those bass guys. They might be buried, you know, up in the wild race and stuff that's folded over kind of up with the duck hunters, but um, there's there's always people fishing bass out here. It's It's one of those things where... I know me personally, I don't take advantage of it as, as much as I should. Um, but, but Leech Lake and not just Leech Lake, but a lot of the small lakes in the area here, um, present, you know, an opportunity to, to catch a trophy sized fish at any given time. Yeah. How many people are Especially out there fishing? this time of year? No doubt. No doubt. How many people are out there fishing right now? Not many. A day <laughs> like today, um, I did not see. Um, one other vehicle at the landing we put in um, at Trapper's Landing Resort, 
And uh, there's a few boats in the harbor, but not many left the harbor. So I did not see another boat all day today other than the uh, the two other guys I was, I was fishing with. Okay. Uh, and that, you know, I mean... It- in some sense, that's kind of nice for for people who uh, you know are in a yeah, very busy lake most of the summer. It was a little bit of an exception to the rule. I mean, it, it was still pretty windy today. We had a light mist this morning, but on the nicer days, I mean, I was I was absolutely flabbergasted how many boats were out last weekend. Um, you know, there's people fishing your traditional fall areas and. Just about every spot, there was at least a dozen boats in in every one of those spots. So, I w- I was surprised on how many anglers are still hitting the water at this time of year. But then again, when you only get a two three day stretch out of a a month of of nice weather, I guess everyone might be thinking the same thing on the same day when it's nice out. That's a fact. Uh, I did see that you uh, went out fi- uh, hunting with your son last week at the youth hunt. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so that that was a really cool thing that the DNR did this year. Um, they offered a youth hunting weekend, and it coincided with the traditional Minnesota school system MEA break. Okay. So what it was was a, a, a any youth from the age of ten to I believe seventeen or eighteen um, could purchase a tag for one dollar and shoot a deer of any sex. So. As long as you weren't in a bucks only um, area of the state, I believe um, that 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 youth hunter could shoot a deer of either sex. And uh, my my oldest boy, he's twelve. He just completed his gun safety. He hunted the last two years um, with an apprentice tag, and that's they allow you to do that for two years before you take your gun gun safety. As long as you are with an adult hunter. Um, he completed his, his gun safety, and uh, we sat the first couple days. He was dead set on uh, shooting a buck, and we, we passed on a few does and fawns. And on uh, Friday evening, he was, he was able to, uh, to kill his first buck. So that was a pretty cool moment. It uh, doesn't get much better than that. I know a few, a few other dads in the area. I know Jason Rylander was out. Um, his son was able to uh, harvest a deer. Um, a, a few buddies from down here in Walker. It seemed like everyone was successful, and and thank goodness. I mean, the weather cooperated. It couldn't mm-hmm. have been a nicer, nicer three day stretch there, four day stretch. Um, it makes it a lot easier for those younger kids, you know, to um, maybe spend a little more time in the stand. I remember, you know, when when I was growing up, it was we we hunted some pretty isolated areas so it wasn't a matter of getting down and walking back to the cabin you had to stick it out there but um you know with the warmer weather they were able to to hang in there a little bit longer and uh, hopefully that'll bring a a few more of our our youth into that sport absolutely you know we always talk uh fishing you and i Uh, how much hunting do you actually get to do not as much as i like um (laughs) I, i like to bow hunt actually i love to bow hunt I just don't, uh, as, as we get busier in the fall here, um, I'm, I'm kind of one of the, the last guides out of our group here to keep going through the month of October. So I, I stay pretty busy um, in the boat through the month of October, but I, I'm able to sneak out once in a while in the evenings. Um, you know, I, I do some grouse hunting from time to time, but 
after after next week, hopefully here, I'll I'll have some more time to spend in the woods. But I do take part in the the rifle season every year. Um, that's usually I'm I'm out almost every day during that. Um, I don't duck hunt as much as I used to, but uh, with the with the kids getting older now, they've kind of showed an interest in that. So that may be something I have to take back up here. Hey, really interested in your thought as an outdoors guy here in northern Minnesota. I mean, I hear a lot of different opinions. I hear a lot of people who uh, think we, we're in paradise. I hear a lot of people who complain that we don't have enough deer or enough big deer or enough ducks. Uh, what's your thoughts? It depends on the area. Um, you know, living right next to Leech Lake, um, it always seems to hold a fair amount of ducks. Uh, right now we've got a pretty st- strong diver push that's that's coming out of Canada. Um, most of the ducks that uh, the guys shot this morning were actually, I believe, all of them were divers. Um, we've got a the, the grouse population. I don't believe is at a all time high level, but I'm I'm seeing grouse just about every time I'm in the woods. Um, you know, it's it's one of those things where a lot of it has to do with where specifically in the area you're hunting. I, I used to rifle hunt um, in the Cass Lake area in the Chippewa, Chippewa National Forest, and that area is so large and so vast. There, there were times where I wouldn't see a deer for three days. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, it's easy to blame it on this or that or wolves or management, Um my thought is if, if, if you're not happy with, you know, the area you're, you're hunting, then, then do something about it. I mean, spend some time in the summer um, when everyone's in the boat and check some new, you know, new areas out. And the more time you spend in the outdoors, the better you're going to get at it. It's, it's easy to complain when, you know, if you, if you deer hunt two, three times, two, three days a year, and that's all the effort you put into it. So a lot of it is is just how much effort you actually put in. Okay. Um, so I'm assuming you you grew up doing both fishing and hunting. Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. yeah. And uh, and obviously, yeah, when you get into your business and and you you you, you know it's not just leisure for you, something's got to give. And in your case, some sometimes it's hunting. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I. Like I said, I, I don't get to spend as much time in the woods as, as I'd like to some days. Um, I made sure to block off that, that youth hunting weekend all four days um, for that reason alone. Um, and it's just, you know, sometimes you just have to make time for it. And, you know, the weather isn't going to always want to cooperate 100% for whatever you plan on. And um, you can either make excuses or... You know, you can you can buck up and put an extra layer on and and still, you know, it isn't always about the kill or, you know, seeing deer or seeing ducks. It's it's a lot of it's the experience, too. And we're we're lucky to live where we do as as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I I take people from all over the U.S. and that's all I hear all summer, all fall is, man, it must be pretty cool to live here. And and hearing that you know, three, four times a week, it, it makes a guy realize how lucky we actually are. Yeah, I think you you can easily take it for granted and, you know, have a really banner year one year, and if it's not quite that the next year, uh, you know, you can, you can grouse about it if you don't realize exactly 
how close to paradise this is. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So if I'm going hunting, this, or, well, let's let's go with fishing. If I'm going fishing this weekend, <laughs> I do. I do still have a couple double wide ladder stands. So yeah, we can go hunting together <laughs> okay. if you want. <laughs> if I'm going fishing this weekend, uh, what do I need to have with me? Um, minnows. I, yeah. you, you might be able to find some leeches or, or some night crawlers still in the bait shop, but jigging a minnow if you're fishing walleyes, same if you're fishing perch, um, you know, the bass game, any artificials you have now, um, you know, they're, they're looking to feed. So if you get on the right pot of fish, it may not matter. You, you might not need to have a specific color jig on. They're looking to feed right now. Um, but for the most part, it's it's a minnow bite for, you know, species other than bass and, and muskies. And even even musky fishermen right now are, are, this is the time of year to watch a giant sucker minnow hang under under a bobber. I've seen that done a few times here in the last week. So those, those fish are looking to pack on some weight before winter. All right. Now, you're such a nice guy. I'm not even going to make you a- uh, answer any questions about the twins. But I will ask... <laughs> Who's going to win the World Series? <laughs> you know, I think a lot of uh, opinions were maybe changed after last night. Yep. Um, I don't see the Astros leaving, lose, losing two games in a row. Um, I think if the Astros win tonight, we could be in for a six or seven game series, which personally I, I'd like to see with the with the pitching staffs on each team. But um Man, watching these guys play ball, it makes you makes you realize a little bit what the Twins were lacking. So hopefully they can uh, they can go out and and maybe sign some pitching in the off season because I do think the two teams that are there right now have the best best pitching staff you know in the American and National League. No question. And I was just talking to you know, somebody as and you know the Twins won 101 games this year. If they'd have yeah. had one pitcher, one pitcher from one any of those two staffs, how many more games would they have won? It's unbelievable. Yeah, that's, that's true. Or even if if uh, Big Mike kind of got uh, erased from the picture there, I think he would have helped us a little bit. Um, yeah. And you know, it, it's tough to be down on them after a season like that. They kept it. They kept it pretty interesting all year. Um, it's tough, man. I, I, it's almost there's there's some curse there. I'm starting to believe, and a lot of people were a lot of people were thinking this is the year. But I, I do think they need a, a couple more pitchers. Their 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 staff or their uh, their roster right now is is built to I think contend for a few years. We just need to put some pitchers around them. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. All right, Vikings real deal or the new Vikings or the old Vikings? Which ones are real? Boy, I don't know. I <laughs> go up and down. I've I've watched enough years of the Vikings and been a Vikings fan long enough. I'm never really a hundred percent confident, but uh, I think they maybe have figured out some things on uh, the offensive side. And uh, Delvin Delvin Cook doesn't seem to hurt things either this year. So oh. knock on wood. Let's uh, let's hope they get a victory tomorrow that they they should really win and. Maybe we'll get lucky and Mahomes will miss another week and they'll beat the Chiefs the next week. <laughs> I tell you, this is a team, and it's just from years of, of, of being burned, I just continue to hold them at arm's length. Watch them yep. from a distance, enjoy it when they win, but I cannot put my whole heart in. I've been burned too many times. So, And you, and you know in the end it'll come down to our kicking game. So, 
Um, <laughs> it most certainly will. And I'm not real confident in that right now either. <laughs> okay. All we'll right. See. We, maybe we'll be surprised. Could be. Could be. So now when you set hire. The bar, set the bar low so we're, <laughs> so we're happy at the end. That, I, that's what I've learned to do with most of, <laughs> most of my Minnesota teams, yes. Yeah. Well, Chuck Hassey is a guy I love to talk to. He knows the fishing really well. Plus, we can talk all kinds of other things. And see, when you hire him to be your guide, there's all these other topics you can talk about too, right? We, we can talk about anything you want. <laughs> all right. How can people get a hold of you and get something set up? Um, best right now is just to call me on my cell phone, and that's 218-289-1383. Um, I'll have the boat in the water for, for probably another week or so. And then after that, it'll, it'll be deer hunting time. And then we'll be looking to get set up for the ice season. So, um, yeah, depending on weather, it, uh, I've got a little bit of next week open. So give me a call if you want to get out. That's Chuck Hazzy. And if you want to see more of Chuck Hazzy, Chuck, I just saw, I haven't seen it yet, but I saw you, you did a video, uh, with the LOA crew. Yeah, we did it. We actually did a kind of just a YouTube series showcasing each one of our guides. So that uh, got posted to YouTube last night, and you can just check it out on our YouTube channel, which is Leisure Outdoor Adventures. And uh, you kind of get to spend a, a day in the life of uh, each one of our guides and just kind of go through our routine and how we started and uh, what it means to uh, be part of this industry. So it's it, it was a cool little piece. All right, Chuck, it's great talking to you. We'll do it again, I know. So uh, in the meantime, uh, go Vikes and enjoy the weather and the fishing. Absolutely. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate it. Coming up next, I don't know when rabbit season is, but I do know it's duck season. Or uh, it's duck season. Scott Anderson from DU joins us next. More of the great outdoors with Kev Jackson next on Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors is sponsored by DS Beverages and by Bonded Lock and Key. Check us out on the web, kbunsportsradio.com. Click on Paul Bunyan Country. And, of course, you can check out the podcast and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Checking in with the regional director from Ducks Unlimited, Scott Anderson, who's a very busy guy. So, first of all, Scott, thanks for taking a detour and stopping into the station today. It's no problem. It's good to be in. Well, it's uh, the middle of the duck season, uh, headed towards the end of duck season, actually. Um, what's what's the word you're hearing as far as duck season overall here in Minnesota? Well, uh, the beginning of it so far, it was pretty good. Uh, it slowed down the last couple of weeks, which is kind of normal for Minnesota. It ten, tends to get a little slow around that MEA weekend where we get a, a cold snap and kind of all the, the local Minnesota ducks kind of push out and start moving south, and the ones up in Canada haven't really started moving down yet. And that's that's kind of the situation we are now. Uh, they've started trickling in now. You're seeing a few more of the, the ducks that you know don't breed around here, and you know they're coming from the north, and uh, it's slowly picking up, but we still got about a month to go. So Okay. So, yeah, the migration. Migration is where it typically is, then, it sounds like. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, that's what I'm hearing from most people. I mean, there's still ducks around. You just got to search for them and find them. But um, it'll it'll start picking up. I was just out yesterday and uh, did well and uh, didn't see as many as I hoped to after kind of that little rainstorm and big cold front we had. But um, 
And there, there was more than I expected, but not as much as I hoped, I guess. Okay. So what, what are the Minnesota native ducks, that, the ones that spend their summer here before they head out? Well, typically a lot of those ones, um, obviously Canada geese, everyone mm-hmm. knows that, but uh, mallards, blue-winged teal, wood ducks, um, ringnecks are around a little bit, uh, golden eyes nest here a little bit. Um, those are kind of the main ones you're going to sh- you're going to see early on in the season that that we kind of refer to as local ducks. And now, uh, who's coming in? Uh, a lot of the divers. Um, you're still getting mallards. Mallards are the most prevalent duck in the country and in the world. Um, but uh, you're going to get a lot of them starting to come down, and you'll they'll be the bigger ones, the the fat ones we we refer to. You'll see there when you when you get one and clean it, you'll see their fat reserves are a lot thicker. You can tell those are coming from the north a little bit. Um, but then the divers really start moving through Minnesota, which you're talking bluebills, uh, more golden eyes, buffalo heads, canvasbacks, redheads. Uh, those are the kind of the ones that uh, a lot of people in Minnesota do chase, especially up in northern Minnesota with the big water around here with leech and Winnie and Cass and uh, Bemidji. You can't hunt it, obviously, but there's a lot that, that sit out on there. Now, um, do the guys in various ducks on limited regions, do they keep tabs on each other, see how things are going? Yeah, we're always, uh, you know, it's not necessarily a work thing. It's more of we're all hunters and we yeah. want to find out where to go. But, um, yeah, you hear you hear from volunteers around Ducks Limited where they're at, how they're doing. Um, obviously, social media is a big thing. You can see who's hunting where. Um, if they share that information, a lot of people are kind of secretive about duck spots. But you can at least see where they're from and kind of where, you know, the ducks are moving around. What have you heard overall in the region, maybe even the bordering states this year? Um, so in northern Minnesota, like I said, it was pretty good early on. Um, right now, we're actually hearing a lot of good reports from central and uh, south-central Minnesota. Um, outside the state, North Dakota is always good, but it's very wet. I mean, it is unbelievably wet over there. Every single low spot is filled with water, which is good for the ducks, not necessarily good for hunting because it spreads them out a lot more. Um, it's also been tough for the farmers. They're not able to harvest, which right. uh, makes it tougher to go hunt because they don't necessarily want you tramping around in their uh, their unharvested fields because they want to get them out at some point. Um, but it creates a good, great food source for the ducks coming through. So if you're able to get into one of those unharvested fields that's kind of flooded over, you can have a really good day. And it'll hold the birds around a lot longer as well, too. Um, South Dakota's wet as well, not as bad as North Dakota, but kind of the same thing there. And, um, you know, people that travel up out of country to Canada, Saskatchewan and Manitoba, have had a lot of good success. Um, there's still a lot of birds up there. It's been warmer there than it has been here the last couple of weeks. So nothing's really pushing them down, and that's kind of what we need for, you know, better hunting in, in the lower states. But Minnesota especially is just those cold fronts that move birds from the northern part of Canada down into Minnesota. You know, there's a couple people, not many, but there's a couple people who always like to point out to me, there are no ducks in Minnesota. Um that doesn't sound accurate. No, it's not quite. There, there are. Um, you know, the one thing about duck hunting is that they move all the time. You know, you look at other species like, you know, deer. Obviously, they don't they don't move a whole lot. You know, they're within probably a 10-square-mile area their whole entire life maybe. Uh, you know, ducks are going to move around every spring, every fall, and even just every day, depending on where the food base is or where their, where their protection is. You know, they're, they're obviously getting shot at. They're not going to keep going back to that same spot they're getting shot at. They're going to move. So... You do hear a lot of people that maybe aren't seen as many, but sometimes those are the people that aren't necessarily going around scouting or maybe they hunt the same area, the same lakes all the time. And it's just, you know, the ducks move and you got to move with them if you want to be successful. You know, most of the bird species other than, I think, wild turkey and probably grouse or something that, that doesn't fly, um, they're not here uh, or they're not anywhere for for any length of time other than summertime, really. 
Right. Yeah. I mean, they're if you know they're moving around to where they're comfortable and where they're able to get the resources they need to survive. So I mean, they're they're moving just like anything else is trying to survive and make a daily use of certain areas, and then they move on and find something else. So uh, I mean, we're used to duck hunting being in the fall here. So is duck season in southern climes obviously at a different time? Or it is. Yes. Uh, it's you know it's all based on the migration. Um, you know it's 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 interesting talking to uh, you know people within Ducks Unlimited that are in the southern part of the country versus the northern part of the country, um, especially volunteers or hunters that are from those areas here and, you know, their complaints and how they vary from ours. Uh, you know, we're lucky enough to where, you know, we see the ducks throughout most of the summer uh, mm-hmm. into the fall and the spring where, you know, you go down southern states like Louisiana or Florida or Texas where the ducks leave there basically, you know, after the winter because all their breeding is done majority in the northern part of the country. And uh, it's interesting so their their seasons usually don't start until usually ours are almost done so like um i was actually just talking to a guy from texas their season doesn't start till early november where you know in minnesota up here in this listening range we're basically almost done at that point you know we're done in the bemidji area or you know basically kind of like highway two area you know around just before thanksgiving so um it, it staggers out and that's based on when the ducks are moving through those areas through the country Okay. We've talked many times in the past and overall um, populations and things like that, but it sounds like populations are, are pretty good right now. They are. Um, obviously, everybody wants them higher than they are. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not different than any other fish or animal that people chase. Um, they always want to have great success. But that's just not a reality. I mean, it's based on, you know, uncontrollable circumstances in Mother Nature and with the weather and all that stuff. So um, we are holding still. It, you know, some species dropped a little bit this year uh, from the spring breeding migration. Some went up. Um, you know, we want to see them all up. We want to see it higher than normal, but we're well above the, the average uh, that they, they want to deem for hunting availability and all that stuff. So it, it's still a good population, but, you know, we're always trying to work to make it sure it keeps climbing. Okay. Um, understanding that not everybody believes it, um, what are you hearing about climate change in ducks? Um, you know, there's there's not there's not a whole lot being focused on that yet. I mean, there's obviously research about it. Um, you know, the, the challenge with that whole aspect of climate change, it's not something you can study within one year. you got to look over decades of, of time. Um, so there's not a whole lot specifically focused on ducks. Um, but you can you can look at things that um, that will change. You know, one of the areas that that's probably being looked at is the boreal forest, which is in kind of north central Canada, and um, it kind of extends through Ontario and Manitoba. It's not too far from here, actually, and uh, that area is based on permafrost. So, like, there's wetlands that exist based on the fact that the ground is frozen all year, and if that ground is thawed um, through whatever means, and there's there's more means that can change that. Uh, than just a you know a rise in temperature, um, if that if if that happens, that permafrost goes away, the wetland goes away, and all of a sudden the ducks don't have that area to to nest in, to breed in, to raise broods. Um, so there there is a play into it, um, but it's you know it's just uncertain yet. We don't know. You obviously don't want to find out what the bad side of it could be, um, but you don't know what it is necessarily until it happens. Unfortunately, and I, and I would think the other thing that is a, a complicating factor, as you noted, there's a lot of things going on. Um, there could be a change in, in duck populations based on less wetlands, you know, because of urbanization, not just because of a, a change in the climate. Absolutely. I mean, that's when we talk about what makes a breeding population or just population ducks increase, it's, it's, it's water and grass. And they need the water to raise broods after they're hatched, and they need the grass, most of them need the grass to 
um, to nest in. And when those two factors are limited, we see a decline in, in population. I mean, you, and you can see it whether it's because of, um, you know, change in the in the habitat or if it's just, um, you know, caused by humans or if it's natural. Like we, when we see dry years, which it has been in the in the spring the last few years in North Dakota and into Canada. Canada's Saskatchewan and Manitoba have been very dry the last few springs, which is when the ducks need that that water for, for nesting and, and breeding. Um, we see the populations drop on years where it's really wet. You see the populations increase quite a bit, and you can look at that over decades. Um, back into the '90s, the Dakotas were very wet, and the duck populations were very high. So you can you can you can watch those trends, and so obviously you want to watch what could potentially change those trends. And most of the time, it's not stuff we can control. All we can do is put the habitat there and just hope that the water comes based on rain and snowfalls. And if it does, it does. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. You can't control it. You just have to be prepared for when it does. You know, for the best. Um, so where have you been hunting this year? Uh, Minnesota, obviously, a little bit. Yeah. And I've been out to the Dakotas, uh, North Dakota. I'm probably going to be heading to South Dakota here soon, too. Um, I haven't been to Canada for a few years, uh, but I have taken a chance to go down to Arkansas the last couple of years. Um, it's kind of nice. That's in January, so it's get a little bit out of the cold up here um, and just get a different view at it. But uh, I've been chasing. I'll chase whenever I can. It's just the time. Do uh, do ducks behave differently in other parts of the nation uh, because of the temper, uh, temperance or whatever? They do. Uh, it's a, it's it is a little bit different no matter where you're going to be. So you know when they're coming through Minnesota, they're they're heading down for the fall. They're you know the females are looking for food reserves and and so are the males. But their males are also trying to you know pair up with with a hen on their way down south. And when they're down south, they're really trying to pair up. So you know in Minnesota, you're kind of getting the you know, they'll be in, in big groups with a couple females and a bunch of males trying to, you know, win courtship and win that female over. But when you get down there, they're almost always pa- paired up like in Arkansas. And it's a little bit different because, you know, we kind of, when I went first started going down there and you think of Arkansas, you think it's warm all the time. And they actually get snow and ice fairly often. And I've been down there a few times where it freezes over. And what happens there is that, that late in the year, you actually are also catching the ducks coming back north. So, like, it'll freeze in Arkansas, and they'll go a little bit further south to, like, Louisiana. And then if it warms up, they start coming back north again. And you actually, if you're there at the end of the season, you can also be kind of chasing them on their way back north to, you know, the northern states for breeding. But it's it's definitely a little bit different. Um, it's fun to see that kind of stuff and get a different experience. As we uh, talk about duck hunting, and you know, people listening maybe haven't duck hunted before, give them a primer on how to get into this thing and, and how to do it without breaking the bank. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's the challenge with duck hunting. Um, it's, you know, you don't necessarily have to hunt in the water. You can hunt in fields, you know, with all the egg, egg fields going on, agriculture happening. Uh, a lot of, a lot of puddle, uh, puddle ducks like mallards will feed in the fields. Geese will feed in the fields. So you can chase them there without having a boat. Um, you know, you don't need a whole lot of decoys. The guys that really get into it, like myself, I have way more decoys than I need, but, um, <laughs> You know, just getting a dozen decoys and being able to get out to the water. If you have a dog, that's great. You, know, you probably need waders if you're hunting the water just because you got to go out and get the duck. Um, but I've even seen people that don't have waders and don't have dogs where they take a fishing pole with a big old daredevil on the back and they'll cast out for ducks, you know, that they, they hit and they're floating there and they'll cast out and drag them in with a fishing rod. So uh, it's, it's really interesting, but it, it is a fun thing to do. You know, probably the one thing that shies people away the most is usually the worse the weather the better the hunting is yeah <laughs> which um is kind of opposite in a lot of things like usually you stay in when the weather's worse but duck hunters usually go out and sit in those really windy cold days with with snow and when the snow comes the ducks just go crazy they seem to fall into any decoy 
uh, set they see. They just want to be in a group and a flock for protection, and it's just the better, the worse the weather, the better it is, and that's kind of what steers some people away. Most people duck hunt, really get into it in the first couple weeks up till about now MEA when it starts getting really cold, but it gets better the later it is, that's for sure. Sounds like uh, fall musky fishing, actually. <laughs> Absolutely, yes. <laughs> All right, the, the next thing is... Um, uh, a lot of people are kind of scared, not just of duck, but goose or any wild game, trying to get that thing prepared, not drying it out, uh, making it taste good. Any any thoughts, any suggestions on where people can go to figure that out? Yeah, there, there's so much information. I mean, even on uh, Ducks Unlimited website, which is just www.ducks.org, there's recipes and stuff to follow. There's lots of cooking information. And there's with this expansion of social media, there's so many people out there that are involved in the outdoors that want to show people, like, you know, what it is like to eat it and how good it is for you. It's obviously a much more organic food. Um, it's very lean in most cases. So there's if you just search around and, and Google websites, there's books out, tons of it. Um, the one thing with wild game that you'll find is that if you don't like a little red in your meat, you're probably not going to like wild game. It, it does cook very fast um, simply because it's not very fatty. And um, if you overcook it, it kind of gets rubbery and very gamey. Where if you know if you like a if you like your steak or your burgers a medium rare, that's about what you want your duck your duck at for sure. And I mean venison's no different either. Right. I think that's that's the real trick. I mean, you know, um, they always talk about steak. You know, the marbled fat that's the key to making it taste good. And like you say, there's not nearly as much of that on on an organic, uh, natural. Uh, cut from the wild animal no there isn't and and there's a lot of other ways to cook it that um you know that are simple i do a lot of uh like i'll take my duck and make a jambalaya out of it or a chili or you can even grind it up into a like a breakfast sausage or summer sausage or you know beef or a, i guess it wouldn't be beef but a, a stick of some sort um there's lots of ways you can do it even if you don't like it you know an undercooked meat but um there, there's tons of opportunities out there, and I guess I would suggest people go to, like, the DU website, and you can look up recipes or, um, you know, a lot of different organizations will have that. And there's a lot of different people, like uh, uh, The Meat Eater, who it's a Netflix show, and he that's what the show is based around is, is cooking and eating wild game. And it's a lot of good information out there if you just want to take the time to find it. Does it freeze well? It does, yeah. Um, you know, I for me, I always vacuum seal everything that being able to vacuum seal just keeps it so much fresher, keep the, the frost off it or the, you know, the... Uh, the moisture off it, you know, you want it to be as dry as possible when you put it in there so there's not, you know, ice build up on the, uh, and get, what you know, freezer, freezer burn, what we call. So it, it freezes good. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just learning how to cook it. And it's not a, just like cooking anything else. You got to practice and try different things and find out what you like. All right. Uh, for those who want to support Ducks Unlimited, they can go to ducks.org, I'm sure. Absolutely. And uh, being duck season's underway, Probably not too many events in Ducks Unlimited for a while anyway. There's not a whole lot. Um, it's actually up for up in the north country here. It's actually one of my last ones is in Middle River um, this Saturday. But um, soon as soon as kind of deer season passes and, you know, you start rolling in December, January, the events start popping up. Uh, we'll have some here locally in Bemidji uh, in February. We'll have some down in, like, the, the Brainerd Garrison area uh, in February and later spring. So, I mean, there, there's plenty around. You can you can find that information as well at ducks.org and uh you know, you'll be able to find what you need. All right. Scott Anderson is the regional uh, manager of Ducks Unlimited and uh, regional director of Ducks Unlimited and always stops in a few times a year. We really appreciate it. Scott, good luck next time you're out there. Thank you very much. This has been Paul Bunyan Country Outdoors. Hear it exclusively on KVUNFM 104.5, Thursdays at 1240 and Saturday mornings at 8.